0: How do you handle all of the distractions that come to you as an entrepreneur? That's what today's podcast is about. What do you do when there's opportunities everywhere? How do you know what to take advantage of, what to say no to, what to pass on, and what to go full-fledged into? I'm going to give you my answers, so let's get this podcast started. Hey guys and gals, this is Matthew Elmer, your host for The Real Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome. Here, you're going to find some unsolicited advice on building businesses, small or large, profiting in real estate, and finding freedom along the way. Yeah, how do you not lose your life, your family, and everything else while you're doing this? Why and who from a guy who took a company from zero to Inc. 5,000, fastest growing companies in the country, in 2016 actually showed up in 2017 and uh, we did this actually the journey was more than just a year it was several years but uh, i want to share with you some of my learnings so you can get there as well scale up your business make some things happen and if you like what's going on here do me a favor before you forget subscribe and uh if you did like what you heard today share it with an entrepreneur in your life or just give me a review thanks guys let's get this thing started Hey guys, I am here today, guys and gals, of course, I am here today looking at the lovely beaches of Mission Baja California or Baja Mexico. I've heard two people tell me differently. I should look at a map and see which one it is. And uh, we're down here today, so the audio may be a little bit different than normally, if that's a word normally. Um, So I'm uh, down here with a Fun little project that a group, a school group that my best friends are a part of, and we were able to snag an opportunity to come down here with them so I could do some videoing of the experience. I speak a little Espanol, so that's awesome. I love using it, love eating the food down here. The tacos are incredible, but today we're not talking about tacos, we're talking about this chaos that sometimes shows up and causes us to wonder, one, are we on the right boat? Are we heading the right direction? Should we take advantage of this opportunity or that opportunity? How many of you as entrepreneurs have ever been in a place where you get people asking you, well, hey, you gotta look at this opportunity or check this out? And I'm not just talking about your MLM or friends, um, but there's so many things that come to us and especially the more successful you are, the more opportunities, the more uh, situations, uh, even within your own business, as your business grows, you start to wonder, should I go this direction or should I go that direction? And should we should we adjust here or should we adjust there? And, and if you're at all successful, those opportunities, there, there are legitimate opportunities that show up and it becomes almost a full-time job just trying to make the decisions of which opportunities you're gonna take. And so I wanna talk to you today about, the beginnings of a process that I use to assist uh, the co- people that I coach in building businesses to get themselves on track and in a place of building the right opportunities, taking advantage of the right opportunities and saying no to the other opportunities. How do you know this? So for example, I'll, g- I'll give you an example uh, from my real estate days and then maybe later on in my education days. So when I was in for starting out in real estate, in real estate there is so many different ways that you can make money in real estate. There's there's dozens and dozens of ways that you can make money in real estate. You could be a real estate agent, you could and you know just represent other people. I never really preferred that one, but that is a way that some people made a lot of money. Uh, they you could go out there and do what's called wholesaling you could go out there and do fix and flips You could go down there out there and do short sells. You can do owner financing. You can do multifamily uh, You can do, you know an Airbnb model. You can do rental properties. You can do uh, lease options. You can do uh, All sorts of crazy different options. Some of that stuff's not gonna make sense to you also I won't keep rambling on about real estate but the bottom line is there's so much to learn and every little mode leans on each other. So there is commonalities. In most cases, you do need to know what the value of the property is. In most cases, you do need to know you know how to communicate with a seller or a buyer or a l- renter or whatnot you usually need to have some sort of understanding about interest rates and mortgages and how that all works so there's there's always a foundation that's common but then as you go going down each little model of making money in real estate you're it's a different rabbit hole and there's there's nuances and elements to learn there's paperwork to learn there's Uh, structures. uh, There's, you know, communication models that are more effective in some strategies versus others. And so how do you know what to do? Well, what I found is that if you're not in line with your core beliefs, if you're not in line with your core interests, if you're not in line with what in your heart speaks to you in a way that drives passion and emotion, even if you're a non-emotional person. I know i got a lot of engineers and guys that I work with that are just not naturally as what you'd call emotional people. But even inside of, you know, in every single one of us, there is at least some part of us that is more maybe at peace, more uh, driven, when we get into certain realms of things versus others. So just take for, take a moment right now and think about what, what is it that when you're doing that thing, it, it doesn't take, it's almost effortless because you, the energy around it is so positive. The, the way you feel about it. And, and this is different for all of us, you know. Some people, you know, organizing a closet like lights them up. And, and for me, that just would, you know, it drives me crazy. Uh, for some people, speaking on stage is, uh, you know, a, blows their minds. And, and for other people, that's just not uh, at all enjoyable. And so what is it that when you do it, it just is so enjoyable? Now, you know, it's interesting. Um, I liked what one of the events I went to with Tony Robbins, he uh, talked about going back and looking at your life as a young boy or a young girl and thinking about what were the things that you enjoyed then? What, was, what did you say you wanted to be? And, and though you might have said a firefighter or a rock star or whatever, it's not so much the, the actual career or, or you know, um, industry that maybe you were referencing, but, but why? Right? So if you wanted to be a firefighter, what was that about? Was it th- to do something that you know, caused you to feel brave? Was it to do something that saved lives? Was it to do something that made a difference? You know, what was it about that job that you felt was appealing to you? If, if it was a rock you know, you know, rock star, uh, what was it? If it was a, you was know, an athlete, what was it? To be competitive, whatever. And, and what we sometimes can unlock in looking at some of these places from our history, from our past, uh, from our childhood, we, is we can unlock where our passions are and where it is that that we have and sometimes it's very directly uh, you know when i was 14 years old my dad brought home a series of vhs tapes and he, my dad was not a man that was really into watching a lot of movies or even tv and he was also quite um I don't, it wasn't, you know, just overly frugal, but he, you know, just didn't spend things, money on things that he didn't need to. You know, for my dad to show up with this big box of VHS tapes, if if any of y'all remember what that is, <laughs> that's what we had before DVDs. And uh, I was oh 14 years old, and I'm like, Dad, what's that big box of, of movies? And he's like, Well, I, I spent you know ten thousand dollars on it. And, and that was the other thing. My dad didn't talk about money a whole lot. And so for him to mention that he'd spent $10,000 on something like kind of triggered my brain, like what, what is so amazing about these movies? And so I was intrigued, and so I, I went upstairs. Um, I wasn't allowed to have a TV and VHS in my, or you know, a movie in our, in our room, but I got permission to move the little combo VHS TV into my room. At 14 years old, and I set up. I remember bringing like a stool into my room and putting this, you know, thing in there, and I began to watch all of these VHS tapes, and they were the trainings of a Mr. Stephen Covey, and that's why I'd spent so much money on them, is they were they were trainings on that. And so, even at, at a young age, one I noticed watching my dad that as during this time and, and i related it to this i'm sure there were other things as well but i remember noticing my dad being an even more effective communicator with the fam- with our family um i've heard people talk about in his business the impact that it had as well but but even in our family i noticed that it was subtle but i but i did i rem- i remember thinking wow dad's changing or dad's different than he used to be and so that was, that was impactful to me. And then I remember also thinking, man, how cool would it be to have knowledge uh, of value so great that someone's willing to pay you $10,000 for it, right? And, uh, and then also that not only could they charge that, but that the impact would be well beyond the $10,000. And so, so for me, this was something that as a young boy, I became interested in, I became fascinated with the ability to Compile and structure information in a way that serves others So what is it that you know, maybe it was even when you were younger than 14. Maybe it was when you were a young kid what is it that you found passionate and uh, What were the things that you were excited about? You know, there's a part of me that as much as I like to to teach and train uh, When I watched Stephen Covey stuff, you know, he was he was very articulate and and wise but he wasn't the most entertaining guy, and, and, and I did. There was a part of me that just loved Garth Brooks and, and thought about how awesome it would be to be a country artist as a young boy. And so, like, when I do events, I don't like them to just be, you know, me talking and, and boring. I like to try to create some, you know, energy in the room and, and and to do some entertainment. You know, we try to keep it a little bit more humorous, which I'm trying to figure out how to bring some humor into these podcasts, but it's a little bit easier to, to bring some humor whenever you've got more than one uh, person here so uh, we'll do what we can maybe I'll uh, pull a story or two out that uh, that is a little more humorous but as as you look at these things and you start to realize what is it that you most connect with you can see now once again sometimes it's not as directly correlated for instance when I started looking at real estate there was also another side of me when I was a young boy I would during uh, during uh, lunches I, every other day I would go and sit with the handicapped people, the the individuals that were, um, you know, either had autism or, or just other disabilities, uh, cerebral palsy. And so I would sit with my friends one day and then I would sit with these, you know, this group of kids one day. And out of an effort to just let them know that they are included, they're they're part of, you know, all of us and I, you know, that we don't, I don't see them any differently that I just, you know, Want to, I want to get to know them just like I want to get to know other people, and so, you know, that was another part, and so when I, like, for instance, when I started looking at real estate, for me, what I was drawn to was an ability to help people that um, uh, maybe uh, were, couldn't help themselves or didn't know how to help themselves, uh, a, a place of service, and, and so, that these are the things for me that resonate and and there's certain real estate strategies that involve these attributes more than others and so as i was drawn to short sales where i could go in and work and negotiate with a bank if you listen to the last podcast where i talked about the the big money that i made on that deal it was all about uh how you know the reason why i made the money i made on that deal and, and on the other deals i did was because i was really working inside of my core place of of and way of being and so I invite you to take a look back at that. What is it in your past that tells you what you ought to be doing? And, and sometimes you're not, it's not. it's just a tweak. Sometimes you're in the right industry, but you're, you're focused in a way that, that just needs to be tweaked. Or you need to add a team member so that you can spend more energy and effort in your time doing what it is that you're more geared towards doing and more excited about doing. So uh, I'm not totally one of those guys that's like, hey, just throw it all to the wind and follow your passion. I, I think there has to be a little bit of reality check in some of that. Uh, but I definitely think that many of us completely sacrifice our passion in what we do. And so I look at look take a look at your life and see if there's a tweak or a way in which you could maybe have the hard conversation with your boss or, With your business partners or with your team that it will allow you to be more even more in The realm of that which you originally identified with as a younger kid So hopefully some of those examples kind of help you to come up with your own examples But I want to step into kind of the next phase of how I do this and this actually is an introduction to a Process that I teach in my trainings. It's called the pyramid of internal success hey guys just want to interrupt the podcast real quick with a quick reminder that if you want to see more on what I think about building businesses in real estate jump over to www.therealalliance.com that's T H E R E A L Alliance a L L I A N C E.com and grab for free right now if it's still up five strategies for building wealth in real estate it's my book on how to do real estate right regardless of your situation it'll break down the time that it takes to make money break down the processes that it takes break down the obstacles how much money you need to do it how much uh, energy and effort and what kind of profit potential each of the strategies will have for you so you can figure out the right one for you so if you'd like some information on that jump over there grab that it's totally free for you right now and if not well just keep listening We'll just keep bringing value. Let's get back to it. Pyramid of internal success. And it has five parts. Uh, So if you want to draw this out, you could actually just draw a little triangle. And uh, at the base is the foundation of it all. If you're going to create success, and, and I believe all success actually is internal. It starts internally inside of us. Um, If you're a, you know, a a follower of a a good book, there's an interesting model that's taught there where it talks about things being created first in word or spiritually and then physically. And, you know, whether you follow that model of thinking or, or, you know, not, I think it's interesting to see most of the things in life we first think about or decide internally and then they have the chance of manifesting in our lives and showing up in our lives. And I think that's a really true pattern. A lot of people just let, you know, life show up and whatever shows up, shows up. And they don't really choose to have any sort of, or put any sort of effort into the creation of their lives. And yet I totally believe that that is so critical to how it is that we do create what it is we're doing. And so... The f- base of this internal success pyramid is the foundation for making this happen. And it's very simply the word clarity. Clarity is so powerful. Uh, now, how, what does that mean? Well, first of all, clarity, in my mind, is the ability to know and see almost to a visual and likely emotional level a final result or a final outcome it's not so much about knowing how to get there but about knowing the outcome you want so everything in my life when it's showing up in something other than a way that i like appreciate and want it to be i know there's likely a gap in my clarity there if, if something, especially if it's repetitive, if it repeatedly shows up in a way that is not appealing or interesting or, you know, doesn't, doesn't quite, you know, whether it's my kids, you know, behaviors, at, you know, at bedtime, uh, it's so funny how simple, uh, in fact, you know, one of the things that always drove me nuts was you know my kids in food and and you know what are we what are we eating for lunch and it's like i don't know i don't know what i want that i don't know what i want so my wife goes out of town so i'm in charge right and so i'm like oh crap this is i'm gonna have to deal with this darn what are we eating for lunch every day thing and so i'm like all right screw that i'm not dealing with this decision every day so i sit down with them for 30 minutes on sunday evening and i say okay guys let's plan out every meal this week I said, if we end up doing something, going out to eat or whatever, then it's fine. We'll we'll change it. But but let's have a plan for every meal this week, and I want to hear what you guys agree to. And so I went around. Okay, breakfast. What do you guys all want? Okay, Monday breakfast. What do you want, Nick? Okay, what do you want for Tuesday breakfast? What you, and I went through each of my kids, and we wrote down what everybody wanted for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Man, it was the smoothest day. It was the smoothest week as far as food goes. We had no complaints. If they said, if we got to lunchtime and, and I was like, all right, you said you wanted, uh, you know, um, I make these like grilled sandwiches, turkey, bacon, cheese sandwiches. And I get to that day and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm making you your turkey, bacon, cheese sandwich. Oh, dad, I don't want that. I say, well, you told me you wanted that three days ago. And so that's what I'm making for you because that's what's on the plan. And if you want something else, you got to make it for yourself. Oh, OK. No, that's fine, dad. I'll eat that so i knew i was making them something they wanted it worked for me it's just simply it's a powerful thing that anywhere in your life where you're frustrated whether it's your kids your relationship with your spouse or a significant other or your business where is there a lack of clarity where is it that you're just not clear what it should be like and what you want it to be it's more than just a plan right what i described just now was was more than just a plan It was the clarity to know that if I had already decided and committed and agreed upon meal from each of them, then there was no more arguing or saying, I don't want that or I'm not going to, you know, that doesn't sound good, dad. It was like, okay, we're all on the same page. I'd made sure that there was enough of the things that I felt like they needed, the proteins and and healthy stuff in the diet for what we were choosing. And, And so I met my objectives of feeding my kids healthy food every day. So in your business, where is it that you have that lack of clarity? Where is it that you haven't figured out what the parameters are? And the parameters are really what is so critical for you. So uh, let me give you a couple uh, situations and ways in which you can create clarity in your business and in your life. So some of you are at different levels. Some of you are brand new and you're just trying to get your businesses going. And or, or you're trying to even maybe figure out the business that you want to go. Maybe you have an idea, but you're trying to figure out how to create clarity around it. So, one of the most powerful ways that I do this is through a imaginative visualization process. And so, if you would take the time to sit down and basically decide a role, so. Whatever it is, let's say you have this new area of business that you want to expand Maybe maybe you're you know the project manager for this new uh, construction project, right? So sit down and you think about sit down and say okay I want to be have this be the most successful project we have Well, what does that mean to be the most successful project that you've had? Okay. Well, that means that one yes the high-level stuff that everybody knows like we delivered on time. We delivered under budget. Those kind of things. But what else besides that would make it the best project ever? What would make it so you go to bed every night like feeling good and sleeping well? Well, it would be awesome if I didn't have my contractors stepping over each other, showing up when the other ones should show up. Okay. So let's. How can we get clear about that? And if you can, what you do is you just step yourself into six months into the future in that role so once again i'm giving an example of a project manager so in that role as project manager you could say hey in six months from now the project would be at this level and you actually take the take a pen and paper you can also type it up if you like to pen and paper seems to work pretty powerfully though and you just write out exactly what everything looks like as if you've stepped into six months into the future so you write it in first person you in the future as if the future is now so it may sound something like this well we just we've got the project kicked off we're three months into it and already we are ahead of schedule in fact uh, we just let the framers uh, hop off the job that was awesome they were able to complete their job two days ahead of schedule Um, they were here they came every day they were happy they were on time when they showed up and a couple times that they were late, they notified me and communicated with me uh, why they were late. Uh, because of this, we're able to move a little bit ahead of schedule for the next trade, whatever that may be. And uh, those guys are already moving around their schedules to make this project a priority because of the way that we've been communicating with them. We've let them know all along the way where where we were going to need to be at, and what was going on. They're tied into a scheduling system that they can go on and look at online at any time and see exactly where and what days it looks like they're gonna be able to show up, including rain delays and other issues. And it looks like we're gonna put ourselves uh, in a place where everybody's gonna have a great experience working together and we're gonna be able to come in under budget because of a few of the time-saving factors as well as a couple other uh, contractors that enjoyed working with me so much, they told me about some other buddies of theirs that can do the job even better. Whatever it may be, right? I'm just, I'm kind of making up stuff. I'm not not a contractor, so. But you can kind of see is I'm right, I'm explaining it as if I'm already there. And by doing that, it is crazy. It's not about the how. There's not a lot of how in that, all right? It's just about the what is. What are you emotionally experiencing? What are you seeing? What are you visually taking in in that moment when you're in this future experience of what it is that you're trying to create? And it is amazing how powerful you are as creators. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are about you know, our existence. And I don't know that I have all the answers. But I sure as heck sit here and think about things and go, man, if it comes down to either this thing all happened by chance or this thing happened by some grand design of some sort, I just can't believe that the intricacies that exist in our world today and the serendipities and the random chances of of miraculous things that I've seen happen in my life, whether it's from health issues or, or situations that happened when my wife was diagnosed with cancer, there's been just too many experiences in my life to think that there's not some other force that is involved in what we're doing. And, and and if there's another force that created this whole thing, then maybe we could call that force our father or mother, parent of some sort. And then you could say, well, if they created me, then I am their embryo. I am like them and maybe have some of their attributes, which maybe one of those is the attribute of creator hope that's making sense and so if i too am a creator in my life what are the examples that i see around me of how things are created and what are the examples uh that i see you see concepts of roots and trunks and branches you see concepts of flow uh i'm sitting here watching the waves and how they flow in and how they have uh, the ups and downs right there's so much in nature that teaches us about the realities of how life works And so if we can take that and we can trust that we, through these same models and patterns, can create something bigger than we have in the past, there's something really, really deep and powerful about that in my mind. And so let me give you an example of how I use this before. So so I wanted to, and and I apologize, there there might be some background noise. I'm staying at this little uh, house. We're down here on this humanitarian project. And uh, it's actually been way better than I thought. But we're doing this humanitarian project and we're, we thought we were going to be staying in this little tiny hut house, p- kids sleeping on the floor, and it's actually been way nicer we're right off the beach. Um, yeah, it's, you know, not the nicest place I've ever stayed. There's some cracks in the walls and stuff, but there's not, uh, you know, there's a, little bit of, there's a little bit of leaking at this one place. But once again, it was a humanitarian project. We were expected a whole lot. And, uh, but it's been a lot nicer than we thought. You know, everybody's had a bed, and uh, we haven't, no one's been getting wet at night, and even though there's been a lot of rain here. And it's been a little colder than we thought. Did lose uh, a little propane access, which uh, made the house any colder. And right now we don't have any hot water. But, hey, it's Mexico, right? That's <laughs> what you get. Uh, another example of rolling with the punches and expectations. Uh, it was funny because, really, we think this place is great because our expectations were that it was going to be like a hut. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, you, you roll with it. But uh, there is background there. In the front of the place we're at, there's some guys uh, working on and building the uh, front. They're building out kind of a new little one-bedroom apartment complex condo that they're probably going to rent out. And so I've got some construction in the background that hopefully doesn't take away too much from the podcast. All right. So let me give you an example of me using this. Uh, So I had a story in me. A lot of you have a book or a story in you. And it was a story of my first wife. And maybe I'll tell you more about that. But uh, when I was a ni- uh, 20, 21 years old, I met a girl. And we ended up getting married. And unfortunately, she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. <coughs> <coughs> and um, in the end, I ended up uh, losing her. And I uh captured a lot of this in a journal and wanted to turn it into a, a written a book. Um, and so I was using this process that was taught to me by a good friend of mine who I'll probably bring on this podcast sometime soon a uh, get him Tony Lister. And uh, we picked the role. Uh, I had a role in the role of a family man as a father and husband. I picked the role of a author and I picked the role of business owner and, and real estate investor at the time. I was doing all these things. and And I... Fast-forwarded six months in the future, I'd made this. I I, as I was talking with him, I just felt this drive and commitment to start working on this story. And he uh, he said, "Okay, I want you to you know take yourself six months in the future. What does this look like? And and what do you see this role in your life looking like?" And so I wrote down the basically as if I'd stepped into it six months down the road, and I wrote down this this you know brief paragraph, and it simply said something like. As I've continued to work in building all of my business, I've made time weekly to write and capture the story of Melissa. And as I've done so, I've continued to attend events and I have ran into a publisher who has helped me to get the opportunity to be published. And within another six months, I will be on track to have my story published. All right. So that's what I wrote. All right, now, where did I come up with that? I don't know. I just wrote it out of my gut. I just captured, I sat down in a quiet place, and I wrote it, and that's what I came up with. What do you think happened? Well, randomly, I'm at an event for real estate and sales, and uh, it was about three months after I'd written this down, and I'm walking around kind of the vendor booths area, and I'm talking to this lady, and she says, you know, he, you know, hi, what's your name, and I said, you know, Matt, and she said, oh, okay, great, what do you do, and I said, well, I'm an author, now, th- I don't know why I said that this time, I just randomly said it this time, and she said, oh, really, that's interesting, I'm a publisher, and I was like, oh, my goodness, and she said, well, what do you, what do you write, what, what, tell me about your books, or whatever, and I said, oh, well, I'm actually more kind of a wannabe writer, I've, I've got a story that I'm working on, I'd love to share it with you, and I have kind of a vision of, of how to write it, and Anyways, and so I told her briefly my vision for the, the book, and she said, oh, well, that's awesome. We'd love to actually have you. We're doing a book that's a combination of stories, kind of a chicken soup for the soul, and we're doing it along with Mark Victor Hansen, who's one of the most published authors out there, and Jim Rohn, one of my just, just dudes that I love, who's one of Tony Robbins' big mentors and super impactful on the personal development industry. And I loved both these guys. And I, I didn't know Jim uh, Marfrey transfer as much, but I knew and obviously knew of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And uh, so she invited me to be a part of it. And then she took me through a training process to help me learn how to write. It was incredibly powerful and impactful. And literally, when I got to that six month mark, I totally forgot I'd written this down. I didn't review it or read it six months later. I didn't actually read it for about two years. And then I went back and I read it two years later, and I was blown away how exactly what I thought and wrote down would happen was exactly what happened. Now, I'm not suggesting that we have the power to write something down and it's automatically going to happen in our life exactly how we say it within six months, but I've found that I've done this enough that it's pretty spooky how much we actually can create our future. And so... I think the reality is we know we are powerful. If you haven't had an experience like this, then maybe try it out and I encourage you to try it out. You know, pick an area of your life and write down what you'd like it to be like in six months. Put some emotion behind it. There's more to understand around all these factors. It's a podcast, not a full training. So hopefully I can get you some good information without uh, overwhelming you. But as you do this, as you actually put together this element and clarity of where you're going, you might just be surprised at what shows up. And I have. I've used this with other people. I've used this with my own business and many, many facets, uh, whether it was being on TV or it was uh, taking to the next level, my business, uh, getting to ink 5,000 Fastest Growing Companies. There's been so many things where I've used this clarity of visualization. Some people like to use vision boards. It's another kind of similar type of realm of what I'm talking about. Um, I think there's a combination of opportunities there with vision boards and a visual kind of movie um, of what it is that you want. And as you put this together in an emotional way, it somehow attracts and draws to your life those exact things that you most want as long as you truly truly want them. So I think the lesson for today's podcast is just simply that if you've got an area of your life where you're frustrated, if you've got an area of your life in your business that's just not what you want it to be, sit down, identify it, get really, really clear at what is it that you're not enjoying. So you can, you know, maybe you're enjoying 75% of it, it's just 25% of the responsibility that you don't enjoy. Uh, maybe uh, you're trying to do something and it's just not getting you the result. Well, sit down and write out specifically what that would look like in its ideal form in six months from now. Don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the structure of how you're going to put it all in place or who you need to hire or what you need to do. Don't worry about any of that right now. We'll talk more about that later. Just write down what you want to experience it being like. The more emotion you can add to it, the more vividness, the more visual, the better. And watch and see if maybe there's not a little magic inside of you. And as you do this, I would love to hear feedback from you on your experiences. If you're having trouble believing this is even possible, let me know. Help me understand where you're doubting, where you're struggling. What is it that causes you to believe that this is not possible, that you aren't powerful, that you aren't capable of actually being a creator in your life, that you aren't worthy for some reason of this let me know where those doubts are and let's see if we can't crack open some of that stuff as well here on the podcast in the future well what does this all mean for our distractions let's wrap up with that here's what i've found the reason why we choose distraction is because we don't have clarity and when we have clarity when we know what we're shooting for especially when we've written it down what happens is when something shows up that isn't in line with the end vision, it's so easy to say no. It's so easy to say, not for me. It's so easy to say, not right now. Because you know where you're headed. You know what the objective is. And the only time you change course is when you have in your gut a feeling that is so uh, powerful and and. Uh, in line so much more in line with what it is that you feel that you would then choose to change and that does happen sometimes but it's much much more rare than if you're in a place where you're letting every webinar and every sales pitch and every mlm invitation stir you into some sort of enticed action that isn't in line with who you really are you have the ability to create something amazing in your life. And it may be in line with an MLM or something else. I'm not against those opportunities. Some people have done really well with them, and, and those are people that really can find an alignment with those you know, products or services and ways of, of making money. But I think for most of us, we underestimate how powerful we are in designing and creating our own thing and I wanna help entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs. I want you to be able to take that idea that you have and put it to, into play and into a process, but it's all gonna start with clarity. So go pick an area of your business, of your life, if it's a new business that you wanna create, say pick the role of entrepreneur and write down six months from now what that looks like if it was ideal if anything could happen, all right? Sure, make it realistic. Make it something that you think, you know, could actually happen, but but make it exciting and enticing, and then see if that doesn't draw you even faster, even more quickly towards that thing, and then when the distractions show up, just freaking say no. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me for the podcast today, and let's wrap this up. Well, another podcast in the books. So if you have a business question, we record and post these things through the Anchor app. One of the great places to listen to this along with Spotify and iTunes and all the other greats. But if you want to leave a message for me where I can actually answer your question, one, write your question down and then just jump over to the message section in your Anchor app. And that'll allow you to really quickly leave me a message that I could play over the podcast and then answer for you specifically, whether you're just getting started and trying to find the motivation or the direction, or whether you've got a business that's struggling and needing some help to get up to the next level. I love to be of service and love to use this podcast as a format to do that. So jump over there and do that. Otherwise, thanks for sharing with the entrepreneur in your life that you think needs this information. Thanks for subscribing wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you can, leave me a review. Leave me a review so that we can help this thing grow and get this information in more hands. All right, guys. Thanks for whatever level of contribution you're able to make to making this thing work and making it successful. I'll catch you next time on The Real Entrepreneur Podcast. Signing off.